We're ready. All right. So who was at church the last PM service? Say I. I. And so uh, I preached, obviously. Remember that? And we looked at Moses and Ananias. Who remembers that? We looked at Moses and Ananias, and we learned that human beings are answered prayer, supernatural solution. I'm going to try that again. So we looked at Moses and Ananias, and we learned that humans are answered prayer, supernatural solutions. And so on an individual level, level, we are answered prayers, supernatural solutions. As an individual, that's what we are on earth. But then this year at youth, we've been looking at squads. Someone say squads. And so tonight, we will look, we will look at the fact that as a collective, as a squad, we can be an answered prayer and a supernatural solution. So yes, as an individual, we can do that. But when we come together as a squad, we can also be an answered prayer and a supernatural solution. And so if you've got your Bible, go to the book of 2 Kings and chapter 7. So that again, the, uh, the book of 2 Kings chapter 7. And before we read it, we're going to have to do some context. So in chapter 6, we see this king called Ben-Hadad. That was his name. King Ben-Hadad from the country Arm. Arm. I think Arm. That's where he's from. And so there's another city called Samaria in the country of Israel. And so if we would like to say Samaria, the city of Israel, is kind of like the good guys, and the Arm people, Ben-Hadad, they're the evil people. And so Ben, King Ben, thinks, heck, we want Israel. We want that, that city of Samaria because that's a good city. So they, they lay siege upon the city of Samaria. And as a result, so obviously like in the old days, cities would have big walls around them, which would stop people coming in, stop people going out. And office, of, there'd often be stockpiles of food in the city. So if they would ever be attacked, they would be like, who's going to last longer, the army with their food or the people within the city? And so if the people within the city had more food, the army would leave to get food and they would be able to survive. So that being said, this siege lasted so long that they were running out of food. And so does anyone here understand economics and inflation? Yep. So uh, who here buys food? What's a favorite food for somebody? Twisties. How much does Twisties cost? $3, you reckon? So let's just say you go to, to Woolworths, Coles, Foodland. Ah! There's me packing the twisties, $3. But in this situation, rather than the twisties costing $3, they were costing $30 or $300, right? This is what happened in the city. So normally, we would go get our twisties for $3. In this situation, because the food was running out, the twisties were costing $30 to $300. Heck, I know, it's expensive. So what happened, because there was so much demand for the lack of supply, the prices of food rocketed. Then, um, uh, so that's what happened. They had no food because they were getting attacked. And so then the king of Israel was strutting the streets of his, of his, of his Samaria. And then he hears this awful story. And in, so in chapter 6, verse 28, says this. So this, this mother says to the king, this, uh, come on. Um, so this woman says, so there's two mums. And one says this, let's eat your son today. Then we'll eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. Then the next day I said to her, kill your son so we can eat him. But she hid her son. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. Heck, that is pretty creepy stuff. So 
they didn't have, it, because twisties inflated in price so much, they said, we can't afford to eat, we're going to have to eat our son. Now, first point here, you've got to be in a pretty desperate situation to eat your kid, I reckon. Second point here, how hungry are they or how not much meat was on that son if they ate him in one day? It says there, they, they ate him one day and then the next day they want to eat the other son. What the heck? I don't want to think about that. But there you go. So this is, the, Samaria is in a messed up position. They've got no food. Everything is super expensive and they're eating sons. Terrible position. So now, we go, so now we find ourselves in chapter 7 and this is what it says. So now we've got that context. This is what happens. So, um, and so today's prayer that we're looking at that needs a supernatural answer or supernatural answered prayer, supernatural solution, we call this type of a prayer a prophecy. Can someone say prophecy? And so Elisha is a prophet, and this is what he says. Listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, twisties will cost $3. Not really, I'll paraphrase it. So rather than the twisties costing $300, they only going to cost you $3 again. And so <laughs> um, the officer assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. But Elisha replied, you'll see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of them twisties. All right, verse 3. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. And so it says, outcasts visit the enemy camp. And so that is our squad. Can someone say, hello, squad? And so we got a squad of lepers. All right. And so leprosy, so we, there's a lot of, we can hear in church life a lot of tales about leprosy. So you might, it's like there's like a rash, um, body parts falling off, you lose your toes and your fingers, basically zombie people. So when you hear, when we hear of like leprosy, that's what we kind of get these pictures of, these tales of zombies, no hair, like just stumps and stumpy feet. And so, but it's a serious skin disease and it wasn't just in the Bible, apparently 200,000 people each year get leprosy. That's pretty crazy. So that's a true fact because a lot of people think, oh, leprosy was just in the past, like in the Bible days. But 200,000 people each year get leprosy, and, but now, now it's treatable. Yes, sweet, it's treatable. And another interesting thing about leprosy, it can take from 5 to 20 years from you getting it to actually seeing the results in, in your life. So you could, it might take five years, it could take 20 years. So some of you could have leprosy right now, but you're not going to know for 20 years. So there you go, Don't, not to put um, weird. But that's, that's and it, so it's a rash and damages your nerves. So that's what leprosy does to your body. It's a rash and it damages your nerves so you lose feeling. So then people will often say it cause, causes body parts to fall off, which is not true. Leprosy doesn't just make your bodies fall off. Pete, can we see that picture please? So we just, we've just that's, we've Googled leprosy. So can you just go on that top left picture for us, Pete? So you get leprosy. That's what your hands can look like. Don't, don't wish for leprosy. Um, go to that foot. I'll go back, Pete, quickly. Go to this foot here. Yeah, that one. Yep, sweet. And there's feet. So you get leprosy. This, is, this squad might have looked like this. I'm not sure, but that's what untreated leprosy can turn out like. But here's the thing, so, there, so obviously if you've got no feeling in your toes or your, or your fingers, say you could be walking, and then when you stud your toe and you're like, sweet niblets, I'm going to die, because it's like the pain so excruciating. Here's one for you. One time I was in my bedroom praise, praise partying, 
and I had those shoes on, and I'm just like, as I'm playing, jumping up and down, make minute, kick the corner of my bed in my praising, and I was just like, it was like the whole skin just like ripped off. It was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. But because like my nerves work, I felt it. I, I'm actually getting like the tears, like you know when you pluck a nose hair and you're like, Ooh! it's like. I can feel the pain right now. But because I have nerves, I'm like, ouch, my toe hurts. If you have leprosy, you can be praise partying in your bedroom, kick your toe in 20 years' time and be like, we love Jesus. Then you, then you look down after the praise party, there's blood everywhere and you're like, what? My toe's bunged up. So what would happen is you've got no feeling, you'd hurt your foot, hurt your fingers, and then because you can't feel, it starts getting infected, oozy, gross. And so it wouldn't simply just fall off. It you would either have to chop it off because it's infected or this is what would happen. So you'd be sleeping at night and a rat would be like, <laughs> and literally eat your fingers off, eat your toes off. That's what would actually happen. So the, the, these tales of your body parts falling off wasn't true. It'd be things like rats eating your grossing out flesh from damage. So that's leprosy for you. So then in the book of Leviticus 13, uh, Verses 45 to 46, it says this. Those who suffer from serious skin diseases, so like leprosy, must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean, as long as a serious disease lasts. They will be ceremonially unclean and they must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. So that is because of, and so nothing with leprosy, it, it comes from like it's airborne. So when it's in the air, so if you like keep your mouth closed, it stops your leprosy spreading to people. So that's why they're outside the camp because they don't want everybody else normal getting leprosy, right? So yeah, there you go. Undream that. So we're going to read it. Is that cool? So 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 on. Now there were a squad with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go and surrender to the Armenian army. If they let us live, so, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. What a great outlook. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Armenians. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army, oh the, sorry, the Armenian army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses, the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. That was Shrek running away from his donkey. So, but we see here, so there was a squad of lepers, right? Can't feel anything, can't feel. You know when you're like, oh, my feet are sore. They didn't have that problem because they, they had no feeling in their feet. So they're, they're walking to this camp, so like going, well, we're dead, we're dead, we're dead, or we might dead, or we might be alive. So we're going to go and might be alive. So they're walking, four men. Next minute, this army hears a sound of a mighty army approaching them, and they're like, freak out. And they're, they're freaking out because they're like, we're going to die. So somehow in this, this march of the squad, God caused them to sound like a mighty army. There was something when these Four men started to, this squad of four started to walk to the camp. God transformed their steps into the sound of horses and a mighty army, which is pretty cool. Dad, God, 
did that work within their, their life. And so now verses 8, when the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine. And they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. So for us, eating pizza and Coke in a glass bottle. Finally, they said to each other, this is not right. This is a day of good news and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. So they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to the Armenian camp, they said, and no one, uh, and no one was there. The horses and donkeys were tethered and the tents were all in order. But there wasn't a single person around. Then the gatekeeper shouted the news to the people in the palace. Now, verse 16, um, so Israel, Israel plunders the camp. The people of Samaria rushed out and plundered the Armenian camp. So it was true that twisties costed $3 that day. It, and so just as the Lord had promised. So we see there, okay. Yeah, we missed that. We cut that out. And so basically, this is what happened. So to answer Jonty's question, the guy that said that would never happen, he was, he was a human traffic light saying, stop, go, stop, go. And they just got crushed by a, a steep stampede of people that were hungry. So that's what happened to him, but we cut that out. But honestly, that's what happened. You got, read, read it for yourself and you get stampeded. He was a traffic, human traffic light and he got stampeded. So we, we find this squad of leprosy in a tough spot, right? They had three options. Stay where they are, die. Go back to the starving mummers eating children city, die. Go to the army, the enemy, die, or could live. There are your three options. Die, die, maybe die, maybe live. And so that, that, that's, that's where they are. And so this squad says, you know what? Well, if we stay here, we're dead. If we stay there, we're dead. If we move over there, we could die, but there is a chance something different will happen. And so they took the risk. And so if you're taking notes, our first point is, I'd rather ask and get a no than not ask and miss a yes. And so this squad was in a dilemma where they thought, well, heck, we're going to die, we're going to die, but there's a chance to live. We're going to choose a chance to live. And so there's going to be situations in our life like this squad where we have to make a decision and go, you know what, I can stay here and die, I could go there and die, but I'm going to choose the path where I can actually see something happen, right? Because if not, we'll die anyway. So what, what, are you going to take the risk and see something change? And so stay here, die, go to the city, die, or go to the enemy, die, survive. And they, choose, they chose to take the risk. They, they'd rather ask and get a no than not ask and miss a yes. And we've got to understand nothing changes until we move. So we've got to be people that move and see something happen. So then in verse 9, it says, this, they, the squad said, this is not right. So they're having, as I said, they're having their pizza and glass Coke, enjoying life. Going, this is what my life is made of. And they thought, this is not right. And so they, they have this conviction arise within their life. They said, it is not right for us to be gorging on this delicious pizza and Coke and not sharing it with anyone. And so what, what caused them to have that conviction? What caused them to have that mindset to go, because they could have just feasted and feasted and feasted, but they thought, no, there's a conviction rose up within my life to decide this is not right and we've got to share it. And so who, who reads the Vision 180? I encourage you to. Not Saturday yesterday, the Saturday week before. It had a title of, uh, the title was, 
Be decisive. Can someone say be decisive? Be decisive. And the, the top verse was in the, for the New King James Version. In James 1.8 it says, A double-minded man, or we could say human, is unstable in all their ways. A double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. So if we're indecisive, we're not going to have a very good life. If we, if we can't make a decision, we're going to find ourselves in positions where we, we just, we're useless. We've got to be decisive and have a yes and no and go, you know what, we're going to have a conviction like that squad and says, this is not right. And do you have that ability in your life? And so why do we encourage you to bring Bible notes to church? This is rhetorical. Why do we encourage you to read your Vision 180 each day? Why do we encourage you to pray on a daily basis? It's not just to be religious. That is not the right answer. It's not just to go, well, it's, it's a good thing to do. We do it because we need to have convictions. And so we need to know what God's ways are. The squad knew what God's ways were, and God's ways are that everyone should be able to eat. Everyone deserves freedom. And so they understood God's ways and said, this is not right. They had that conviction within their life because they understand understood what God wanted for other people. And so for us, the way we understand God's ways, the, ways, the way that we learn what God's thoughts are for our world, what God's thoughts are for the people around us, is when we read the Bible. When we commit to reading the Bible, when we commit to using the Vision 180 every day and praying, it realigns us to be able to understand God's ways for our life. So when moments come, we can be decisive and make the right decision. We're not meant to just live life aimlessly and go, hmm, I don't know. We're not just meant to go, what do I do here? Because when we know God's word and when the God's word is in us, we will be decisive, have convictions that help us make the right decisions. Is that good? And another thing, that there, that what we just read there is a glimpse and a picture of salvation. And so they're feasting, enjoying life in abundance. And that's what the life God has for us. We're meant to enjoy life and have abundance. But the thing is they realize this good life isn't just for us as a squad. The good life that salvation brings to us as squads isn't just for us. We've got to have the understanding and go, we have to share this with someone else. We have to give this good news to someone else. And so just as that squad said, you know what, God's blessed us, but we need to be a blessing to others. We've got to have that same mindset. God, you've blessed me. I've got to bring this blessing to someone else. You've given me salvation. It's time for me to bring this salvation to somebody else. Boom. Point two, we're nearly done. Answered prayer, supernatural solutions. And so this squad was outcasted and separated from society, right? They were dysfunctional and alienated from most people. And who's ever felt like that? Who's ever been in a position where they felt like, I'm unwanted, I don't fit in? Um, For me, like, I love gravy, and sometimes the way I eat gravy, I feel like I don't fit in. I went to the Tasman Hotel one time and they have that big buffet thing. And it was like, you know, what are those things called? And they have like all, no, 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 I can't think of the same. And they normally have like a bayonet. And so they had like, you know, they have like the peas in the water and the corn in the water. And so it's like real watery. Then they have like roast potatoes here. And, you know, how you can just pick what you want. And so they had the, the big thing of gravy. And so I'm like, I can't fit enough gravy on my plate. So I got a bowl and I just poured the, filled the bowl up with gravy. And this guy, I thought he was helping me out, he goes, Hey, uh, mate, that's uh, gravy, not soup. And I'm like, I know it's not soup, it's gravy, but I couldn't fit, because rather than going back up for seconds of gravy, I thought I'll just get a bowl of it. Yeah, Sean? Bay Marie, that's the name. So yeah, so there's all this great, so I had all this gravy, and so I didn't fit in to the normal. 
this guy thinking, what the heck is this guy doing? I just love gravy. But there's things in our life where we can feel alienated and different from society, yeah? There's all these things that can, can bring us apart. And so I don't know about you. If you had, uh, we don't really want Pete to show us those pictures again, but if you had those stumpy hands or those one-toe foot, right, if you had that, would you wish to have a full set of toes? Would you wish to have a full set of hand, fingers? I would. I could tell you from after using this, I don't want to have this. Like, I don't want to be a stumpy hand. I want a full set of hands. And so I, I could understand if this squad would long for normalization. I could understand. I, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be going around my days going, unclean, unclean, unclean. No, no, I would want to just be able to walk down the street. Like Arthur, walking down the street. I would love to be able to live a life just being normal. I would like that. But here's the thing, right? Sean's loving Arthur. Here's the thing. For that squad, if they were never outcast, if they were never separated, the city would have never been saved. I don't know if you're getting that. This is making me so passionate right now. If they never had leprosy, that whole city would have died. If they didn't have their dysfunction, that whole city would have perished, starved, until no mamas had sons left and to, to be able to eat, honestly. And so their, their thing that separated them from what was normal was the very thing that saved those normal people. And so I don't know what it is in your life, Liana, Alana, Ethan, John T. Twin. I don't know what things are in your life where you're going, I wish I could be like Pastor Josh. I, I, I wish I could be like Sean. I, I wish I could be like... <laughs> twins, twins always just say to him, I just wish I could be single like Pastor Josh. I don't, know, I don't know what dysfunctions there are in our life where we go, I wish I could be like Justin Bieber. Or I wish, whatever the thing is, John is like, I wish I could be like Steve Smith apart from cheating on drugs. Uh, like, oh no, not drugs, sandpaper. <laughs> I said the wrong thing. So we, we could... Uh, we, can, we can have all these dreams and go, I wish I was normal. I wish I was like that. But you've got to be understand. And so I'm not saying that God wants you to have leprosy. I'm not saying that God wants you to have some sickness or problem. What I am saying is God can use you in your position to save those that you wish you were in their position. And so if, those, if that squad was in the city, they would have never had the option to see the army. And so it's because they were separated from the, the city, they had the chance to see the army and to see that breakthrough. And so for you as, as one youth, I want you to have the understanding go, God, you've placed me here where I am with my dysfunctions, with my limitations, but God, you can use it to see a blessing for my city. So Port Lincoln needs you where you are to see a breakthrough. And I, I really do believe that. So I want, I'm going to pray and we're going to end and we're going to go into squads. And is that good? All right, so Jesus, right now, we just thank you that you use us where we are. We thank you that you have the ability and the power to, to do mighty miracles within our lives. And, and we even just thank you, God, yes, you can use us individually to be an answered prayer, a supernatural solution. But when we come together with our friends here and be squads in our community, you can use us as a group to save a city. You can use us as a youth ministry to see Port Lincoln changed, to see Port Lincoln saved, to see Locke change as well, Holy Spirit. And we just really believe, God, that you, you can use our limitations to position us in a place that can see those that we wish we were living like saved and changed. And everyone said, Amen.